In this episode, I discuss what the difference is between emotion, feeling, and sensation, and what these all have to do with each other. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist obsessed with the polyvagal theory. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. Before I go further into things, please put yourself first. I do keep every episode as safe as I can, but just by the nature of the topics, you may experience some stuff come up, so take a break if you need to. This podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. Emotion, feeling, sensation, um, these are words that are used often and often interchangeably, but I do think that there are distinct but subtle differences between each of these. So it's important to first define uh, how I am using these, and this is based off of polyvagal theory and what I've read of Peter Levine and somatic experiencing. The way that I am understanding emotion, feeling, and sensation is it's like a scaffolding, like one is built on top of the other. One is the foundation for the next. Emotion is the outward expression of feeling, so it's the thing that we can witness, that we can see from one person to another. It's emoting, like emotion. Things like smiling and hugging, pulling back with our eyes wide open, or putting our eyebrows downward and our nose crinkling upward. So these are things that signify what someone is feeling. Again, it's the outward expression of someone's feeling. It's what we can witness. Feelings are different. Feelings I would define as more of the conscious awareness, maybe more or less conscious awareness and experience of bodily sensations. So you can already see that. Emotions built on feelings. Feelings, I would say, are built on bodily sensations. Feelings are not necessarily something that we are mindfully aware of, but I think generally we have some indication of what we're feeling. I think generally we can, we're just sort of more aware and we can name what feelings we have, things like sadness or anger or dread or anxiety. We may not be mindfully, really consciously feeling these feelings, but if we were to say, hey, how are you feeling? Well, I guess first off, someone might say, oh, I'm fine. But if you push them and said, no, like really, how are you feeling? They might be able to say, yeah, I feel really sad. The emotion they would show might be flat affect and looking down, maybe. Uh, slumping their shoulders, and they would say, I I feel sad. So the emotion is what they're emoting. It's the thing that it's, it's the cues they're giving off. Feelings are what's underneath that. And feelings, though, are driven by bodily sensations. And bodily sensations are the physiological shifts happening in the body itself, like temperature, or there might be a, a sensation of texture, of color, of time or of uh, there might be muscle tension, muscle relaxation, spontaneous uh, postures that we take on, impulses on what to do next physically. These are these are physiological shifts. These are sensations that we can experience consciously. Connected to these sensations are our thoughts and images and cognitions that help to give an image to what we're feeling or it relates it to some previous um, reference point. So if we're having a sensation, then like an image of sand might pop into our mind if, if whatever we're feeling is reminiscent of, some, of, of our reference to sand. So images and thoughts, just generally cognitions, these are connected to the sensations, but not in the scope of what I'm talking about here. So what does the polyvagal theory have to do with emotion, Justin? Well, let me, let me get into it. 
Well, to recap that, you know, emotions are the result of feelings. Emotions come from feelings. Feelings come from uh, these sensations. The, uh, these are autonomic sensations. And, you know, the polyvagal theory is all about the autonomic nervous system. These autonomic shifts are the result of neuroceptions. And if you have no idea what the autonomic nervous system is or neuroception or the polyvagal theory, then I recommend you go back to episode 101 and start from there. Neuroceptions are the result of encoded DNA responses to certain stimuli that uh, mammals tend to share more or less in common. And DNA encoding is the result of evolutionary natural selection. And natural selection is the success of traits that are adaptive to the local environment that result in the trait being passed on through reproduction. But that's probably a bit too far with with what you needed to know. So we'll stick with the polyvagal theory, okay? Went, Went too far there. Emotions are the expression of feelings. Got that. Feelings are the experience of indirectly felt sensations. When we have these sensations in our body, these physical sensations, these physiological sensations, and we don't directly experience them consciously, mindfully, they turn into feelings. And this comes from lingering, I'll say lingering autonomic ladder shifts that are not directly felt and experienced. So we shift up or down the ladder, doesn't matter which way. And there are physical sensations that come along with that. If you don't directly experience it, then you may linger. You may, you may stay in that autonomic state and you might kind of linger there. And that autonomic physiological, those shifts turn into feelings if they're not directly experienced. If you're living in a shutdown state, for example, let's say you live in a shutdown state daily. If you don't directly experience the feeling or the sensations of shutdown, then it's going to feel like sadness and it's going to feel like hopelessness. Those are the feelings of being in a shutdown state, but that's different than the physiological sensations of being in a shutdown state. Underneath that sadness, though, underneath that hopelessness are going to be sensations, physiological sensations, things like emptiness, things like shame, things like uh, the sensation of being in a, a void. I hear that from clients pretty frequently. Sensations of feeling of, of heaviness uh, or of being in the dark. I had a client who, when she explained or described to me her her shutdown sensations, one of them was was of darkness. And the image that came into her mind was of being stuck in like a cellar or a basement and being chained. Her thoughts had all these uh, images that popped up along with the state of being in shutdown. And there was stairs that went up into, you know, the house, I guess, went to a door that was locked and somebody was behind the door and would not let her in. Her experience of shutdown, the sensations were kind of like that. And that's what the mind came up with to explain the sensations, the, the polyvagal state she was in. Other sensations of shutdown are disconnection and numbness, cold, never-ending, just this sort of never-endingness, feeling drained, feeling tired. And often these are felt throughout the whole body, sometimes just in the stomach. There might be, like, especially like this pit or void or emptiness in the stomach. That's pretty common. These sensations are, we're getting closer to the direct experience of being in your body of feeling the polyvagal state that you're in. If you're able to feel these things or other ones that are similar probably and name them and really feel them, you're 
you're a heck of a lot closer, if not directly in that polyvagal state that, that you exist in, in that moment at least. And then behaviorally, the shutdown state would show up as lethargy or isolating or oversleeping maybe. But you can see that there are the physiological state sensations, and then the feelings, and then the behaviors. So our emotions and our feelings and our sensations all stem from our polyvagal state. Safe and social, flight, fight, shutdown, freeze, play, and stillness. And again, all of these, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back to episode 101. It wasn't that far back. Start there and you'll, you'll get caught up. Well, how about uh, neuroception though? Let's go deeper into neuroception. We know that emotions come from feelings, feelings come from sensations, and sensations come from our polyvagal state. And our polyvagal state comes from our neuroceptions of safety or danger. We neurocept, we are constantly neurocepting levels of safety or danger or life threat from within ourselves, just like internally our, our internal world, but also our interpersonal world, and also the literal environment around us, that world, the external world. We're always neurocepting levels of safety or danger or life threat from these, these worlds. And this then goes into our brainstem. The brainstem, I'll say, determines the level of threat and shifts to the appropriate polyvagal uh, state, up or down the polyvagal ladder. The neuroception of safety, danger, or life threat is really the driving force of sensations to feelings to emotion. But there is such a thing as faulty neuroception. Dr. Portis mentions this in lectures or in his polyvagal theory book. Faulty neuroception is where our neuroception, our detection of safety, danger, life threat, is just, it's off. And if it's faulty or if it's off, then it could lead to feelings and behaviors that are not appropriate for whatever situation that person's in. If they're detecting danger when it's not dangerous, that could lead to feelings and behaviors that are not appropriate or not necessary for that situation. And when we have faulty neuroception, that comes from being in a stuck defensive state. When we're in a more stuck defensive state, then we are perceiving or we're filtering reality through that state. So we kind of see everything as dangerous when we're in a dangerous state. If we're stuck in a fight sympathetic state um, and then we go to work, that's going to set you up for interactions that will be reinforced through that state. You're, you'll perceive whatever interactions you have as something that is needing your fight sympathetic energy, but also that it confirms that you need to be in that fight sympathetic energy. So being stuck in that fight energy will, will directly color how you interact with your reality, which will just reinforce the fight state. But being in that fight state in the first place, the fight sympathetic state, results from having this, again, that lingering, unfelt polyvagal state, the unfelt sensations. So we have that lingering, unfelt, fight, sympathetic energy that will lead to feelings of anger, feelings of aggression, feelings of irritability. Those feelings will lead to behaviors that correspond to the feelings. So if you're at work and you're in this stuck fight state and you perceive the world as aggressive or as dangerous, then you might, I don't know, yell at someone during that meeting and storm off. Those behaviors would correspond to the feelings of anger and aggression, which corresponds or comes from that stuck sympathetic fight state, which is just kind of lingering and turns into the feelings. 
our neuroceptions of safety, danger, life threat provide a, a platform for what our behaviors are going to look like, what our feelings will be, and what sensations we're going to have inside. So the first platform is the safety, the safety social engagement uh, state. That's when the ventral vagal pathways are activated, and that's going to result in behaviors of being close to others, of hugs, of playfulness, of being able to make eye crinkles when we're listening, or even having more access to vocal prosody, that greater range of voice. We'll have feelings of connection and joy, calm, relaxation, maybe even awe. And we'll have sensations of clarity and lightness or expansiveness, among many others, but just a few. When we neurocept that we're in danger, that could activate the flight-fight system, flight-then-fight. And that's that sympathetic branch of the autonomic nervous system. So when we neurocept that we're in danger, we shift to flight first, and the behaviors will be more like distractible or keep even busy, leg shaking, maybe picking at yourself. We'll have feelings of anxiety and worry and nervousness, among others, but just a few. There's going to be sensations of higher heart rate, tense muscles, and maybe like chest pressure. There might be an impulse to run. There might be some muscle tension in the legs. If we're neurocepting that we're in danger, but we can't run away, then we shift into our flight behaviors for the sympathetic system. Those behaviors will be like clenched fists, or grinding your teeth, hitting maybe, yelling. We'll have feelings of anger and irritation, aggression and pressure. And again, among many others. There might be sensations of higher heart rate, tense muscles, especially in the arms and the upper body. Or again, the pressure on the chest. And there might be, if you really tap into the feelings of this uh, fight sympathetic energy, you might feel sensations of power. Not, not exactly anger, but power. And if we neurocept that we're in a life threat where we might not survive the situation, then we shift into our dorsal vagal shutdown state. And I talked about that uh, just a little bit ago, so I'm not going to go into that again. So why does any of this matter, Justin, is what you're asking maybe, right? And I think it's really important. I think it's really important for a number of reasons. The first one that comes to mind is that it brings clarity, I think, in discussing maybe with the therapist what's happening within you. This is really important for me as a therapist to be able to tease out with my clients whether they're feeling something or having a sensation or a thought or if it's just like a behavior. I think it's really important to be able to identify and differentiate and discern what is what. I think it brings more clarity and I think a sense of control as well with the client to be able to say, oh, this is this and this is that. Or when I have a feeling, well, what's becoming curious about what's underneath that, what's driving that as far as sensations in my body. And it also, when we can do that, like it opens up the capacity when they're not in therapy to be able to recognize a sensation for what it is without it lingering too long and then turning into a feeling, which might turn into a behavior. So that clarity and the sense of ownership and the sense of greater control or mastery, maybe, that a client gets or that all of us can get, I think it has repercussions day to day, moment to moment. Maybe that applies to you. I'm not your therapist, obviously, but maybe that applies to you. Or if you just have greater understanding and it can differentiate these pieces, you might be able to benefit from that by, by recognizing it for what it is initially without it turning into a feeling and then turning into a behavior. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have feelings and we should cut this off at the source. I think feelings are extremely important. We're going to have feelings. That's fine. 
But I, we also have to recognize that the feelings don't just exist by themselves, that there is something driving those feelings. And it's always connected to our polyvagal state. So we'll be able to have clarity and maybe a greater sense of control in differentiating these in real time. So next time you're feeling really sad and just kind of stuck in the sadness, maybe you can become curious about what's happening underneath that sadness. It's not just the sadness. There's something driving that. And there's probably some sort of physical sensation that is driving that. There's a polyvagal state driving all that. And underneath that, there's a neuroception of life threat that's driving that. So you might be able to build your capacity to dig deeper to the root of whatever present moment experience you're having. And if you're too far into the feelings, and again, it's having the feelings is fine. If that's where you're going to start, that's fantastic. It's better than nothing. Actually, it's way better than nothing because if sometimes we just get stuck in our thoughts or we get stuck in stopping the behavior. But really, there's a feeling driving that. And there's other things driving the feeling. There's sensations and polyvagal state shifts and neuroceptions. So you might be able to dig deeper into these pieces if, if you can handle it, if your vagal break basically is capable of it, if your capacity to stay in the present moment and, and to feel safe. If your capacity to feel safe basically can handle digging deeper. I have a course that can help out with it. It's called Building Safety Anchors, and it helps you or helps anyone to feel safe. And it helps people to identify what brings them to safety. It's a 30-day course. That is the, the purpose is not to go into these painful feelings and the purpose is not exactly to dig deeper, but if that's something that's a goal of yours, like in therapy, then building safety anchors can help you to get to that goal, not, not by directly going into it, but by building your capacity to feel safe. And if you can feel safe, then your capacity to dig deeper will increase. So building safety anchors can be helpful when it comes to just building a stronger platform for safety for you. Uh, go to justinlmft.com or there's a link in the description that can help you uh, to find out more about the course. So yeah, dig, digging deeper is can be important. Feeling these things on a deeper level can be really important as we're ready to. And that can help you to really get to the root physiologically within yourself of the present moment experience that you're having. We, it's so easy to get overwhelmed and stuck in our thoughts. But it's never just the thoughts. It's never just the behavior. There's always something else going on underneath that. And underneath that will be the emotion, the feelings, the bodily sensations. Feelings are still feelings. They're, they're very helpful. And I, I would recommend that you be very validating of your feelings. I think that's a great first step. It can be very helpful. And it's not about the feeling being right or wrong. Feelings are just feelings. There, there really is no right or wrong when it comes to feelings. Okay, so we're talking about validation, not indulgence of the feelings, just validation, just recognizing that they are there and they exist. You do feel these feelings. They are real. That's all I'm talking about. That's validation. They are there. You do feel them. They are real. But, but at the same time, these feelings, and this is not about right or wrong, it's just about what polyvagal state they come from. And the polyvagal state comes from neuroceptions. And that neuroception might be off. It might be faulty. You do still have the feeling. It's still real. But it may stem from faulty neuroceptions, especially if you, if you exist in more of a stuck state. You may be incorrectly reading the situation that you're in. The feelings are still real. I think validation still is helpful because you do feel them. They are there. So validate and maybe even you can normalize the fact that you do have a stuck state if, if that's you. Just normalize like this was my upbringing or this is what I went through two weeks ago maybe. And here I am now, and putting these pieces together makes a lot of sense. That's normalization. You're just normalizing how you feel. 
And whatever stuck state I'm in is leading to me leading to me having this feeling right now. So validate the fact that you do have the feeling, normalize where the feeling comes from. But if you can, dig deeper. Dig deeper and really try to experience the state in and of itself. Those those sensations from your body of what it's like to be to be you in that polyvagal state in that moment. And if you can't dig deeper, if, if it's too scary, too vulnerable, you feel too exposed, you, you might need your ventral vagal pathways built up, your, your capacity to feel safe. You might need to build your tolerance level for dealing with the deeper kind of work. And again, building safety anchors on justinlmft.com might be of help to you. That's about it, though, for emotions and feelings and sensations. We talked a little bit about cognitions and thoughts in there as well. You can see how these all connect. These all come from neuroceptions of safety or danger or life threat. None of these things just exist on their own. Like, feelings aren't just there randomly. Your behaviors are not random, I don't think. These sensations that you have within you, they don't just come and go randomly. They are connected to your polyvagal state, which is connected to your neuroceptions of safety, danger, or life threat. I do hope you've learned something new to help you climb your own polyvagal ladder from this episode. I'd love to hear from you at justinlmft at gmail.com. Otherwise, I'll be back next week. Bye. This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you are experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. More resources are available in the description of this episode and in the footer of justinlmft.com.